Playing Our Song, the podcast where your song becomes our song. I'm your host, Robert Perry Cruz, and I'm here with my very special guest with a return appearance, actually in person, yes. Jack Every. Hi, Jack. How you doing? I'm doing great. So welcome to the, to the luxurious studio. Yes, this is very, very, this is awesome. All the gold records everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I got the sound, sound baffling just all over the place for the choir. <laughs> Don't go in that room on the side, though. Bad things happen. No, nope, nope. I got the engineers. They're giving us thumbs up. We can keep going. So welcome back again, Jack. Uh, so we're going to be reading, reading, no, we're going to be talking about another song from your catalog of favorites. Yes. And we're going to be talking about I Learned It the Hard Way by Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings, which I assumed was like the dab, what's that thing, like the, the dab dance move? Oh, like, no, no, it's not dab, like, <laughs> you know, where you throw your arm up and sneeze into your arm. Yeah. No, no dap, D-A-P. Okay, the Dap Kings, dap just kings. in case there's any audio confusion. At first, I wasn't quite sure. And this is, you know, I, this would be a, the soul R&B Motown modernization uh, song, yes. I guess, would be the genre of this song. Uh, and it came out in 2010 on the album named after the song. Mm. I, I learned it the hard way. Know it, know it. Just I, I know it. Sorry, I, I know it's it. It's okay. So know it the hard way. Sorry about that. <laughs> There's learning in the song, but the title is there, know it. Yes. So, Jack, this is is not a song. I think from the last time you were on the show mm-hmm. that I would have thought would necessarily be in your wheelhouse or really any one of the modern era's wheelhouse because without seeing having seen that it came out in 2010 when I bought the song, I would have assumed this was from you know the golden era of R and B. So it yes. would have been way back in the late 60s, early 70s. Mm-hmm. So how did you come upon upon this song? So uh, the story about this it's one of those songs that i knew it before i knew it mm-hmm. uh so it was getting to the holidays 2010 mm-hmm. and uh we were making new year's plans my wife and i uh to go and she you know she basically said hey we're gonna go see this concert on new year's eve in new york we're gonna go to the best buy theater uh we're gonna see sharon jones and i'm like who's that yeah. <laughs> uh, but um it was you know through our friend who lives in new york and and you know we usually spend many of our new years um with this group of friends um of my wife my wife karima and so um so i'm like all right you know no problem we'll go i'm sure it'll be a good time and um you know we get there and um you know as you know i'm getting getting my beer get you know kind of mm-hmm. getting situated um, you know, they're selling the merchandise at the merchandise desk and, um, you know, this is one of those artists that, you know, they're art, you know, they're on vinyl, you know, one of those vinyl <laughs> artists. Uh, and, um, you know, so they, they had the album there and it was called, I learned the hard way. And I'm like, no, that sounds familiar. Cause there was a song that was being played relatively frequently, um, around that time, um, on a, uh, on one of the stations in Boston, mm-hmm. uh, W E R S, which I recommend sure. uh, a good station. Um, and I'm like, you know, I think there's a song that they play on that station, but I feel like that song is old. Like it doesn't sound yeah. current. And so, you know, I told my wife, I said, I think I've heard like at least one of their songs. Um, and so sure enough, and um, the concert itself and kind of dive into this, um, you know, for a moment, the concert itself was one of my favorite concerts I've been to. Excellent. Um, the opening, um, act was Alan Toussaint, who he's another one of those, like, um, you know him, but you don't know him Mm -hmm. or you Mm -hmm. don't know him, but you know him kind of (laughs) guys, but he, um, wrote and produced many songs that were pretty popular through, you know, from the 60s, 70s, 80s, um, you know, R and B soul artist, jazz artist, um, you know, uh, 
working in a coal mine was one of his. Oh, work, yeah. Work with the Pointer Sisters, uh, Lady Marmalade mm-hmm. from LaBelle. Uh, was behind on you know behind the scenes on all those recordings and so so he opened um and basically him and just a piano kind of going through these r&b soul songs that he wrote but never really performed so that was really cool Mm. Uh, but then sharon jones of the dap kings they took the stage um and right away from the first song i'm like yeah this has to be that artist that i kept hearing and I think they played the song maybe third or fourth. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was early on in the set. And so, you know, sure enough, you know, they start playing the song. And I start tapping cream. I'm like, this is the song. This is the song. <laughs> and so, and it was, it was nice because at least I had one song I could kind of sing along mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. and knew, you know. Um, the other thing about that concert and about Sharon Jones in particular, um, you know, and we can get into the whole backstory of who she is mm-hmm. and who the Dap Kings are. Um, but she is an entertainer. She just dances on stage back and forth like crazy. Uh-huh. Like uh, basically, if you had that house all, you know, all to yourself one day, and you decided to blast some music, and you're just dancing around, no one's <laughs> looking. That's how she dances on stage. Oh, so, that's excellent. That's um, that's a that's a freedom. I feel like a lot of artists <laughs> don't don't indulge in, and, and it, it's the worst for I think their shows. Yeah. So so that's kind of the roundabout story of how i came to this song came to this artist Mm -hmm. uh definitely it was one of those after the show you know on the way back you know here we are you know downloading the album (laughs) and we got to listen to this on the drive back you know to boston blah 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 blah. so um so yeah that's how i came to it excellent so had you been a fan of of that kind of era of of music before or it's just something about Sharon and the Dap Kings that, that that grabbed you. Um, I've I've always had. There's always been a side to me that has enjoyed soul, funk, R and B type mm-hmm. music, uh, particularly from you know the '60s, '70s, from that era. You know James Brown mm-hmm. for certain. Um, you know, so in a, you know in kind of you know the early 2000s, the knots. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even up until now, like there's been kind of this resurgence of sort of like this um you know r&b soul funk revival mm-hmm. and so uh her herself uh charles bradley jr's another artist that's been in on it uh mavis staples has kind of mm-hmm. made a comeback so there's been a number of artists that have been um you know part of this scene you know the past 10 15 years um that have you know kind of brought back the genre um and i think people enjoy it excellent so in terms of the song itself it is it's pretty straightforward song in terms yep. of melody and sound mm-hmm. but like i said if i had not known from buying the from buying the song that it was made in 2010 there's no way i think i could have distinguished it from an original motown soul r&b mm-hmm. funk tune yeah. just just no way and even just listening to it it was hard it kept bringing me back and kept making me think of everything i knew about that genre of music that era of american history just kept pulling me in which was it was it was really cool. It was it was very time warpy sense to it. Yes. Well, that so talk about the Dap Kings for a minute. Um, so the Dap Kings, um, which again, you know them, but you don't know them. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've heard Uptown Funk, if yes. you've heard Amy Winehouse, you know the mm-hmm. Back to Black album. Like they played on you know those records. But they so they play um, their instruments. Um, they play instruments that were created in the 60s 70s they play on equipment from the era um they record using equipment from that era so so it really gives it that 
old sound. You yes. Know? Um, you know, so it really does sound like you're, you know, and that's why I was like, I thought this song was maybe from like the early 70s yeah. sometime. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that's the Dap Kings. And they, um, you know, to kind of give you the backstory on Sharon Jones, she, uh, she's got to be about 60 years old now. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was someone who didn't really gain any fame until, you know, in the last 10 years, I guess. Um, you know, she spent many years as a uh, corrections guard. Yeah, I saw that. That was, <laughs> it was odd, odd choice for a starting career, I suppose. Right. Um, but she had always uh, played talent shows, played uh, with church groups. And, um, you know, and it was sometime in the 90s that uh, and she was also a wedding singer. That's mm-hmm. a, you know, I mean, maybe, you know, she she sang and she, she sang. She was a wedding singer. And. Um, when uh you know in the, the 90s sometime i think she started doing some session work and started singing backup for uh some artists um particularly like in like the brooklyn area mm-hmm. and you know was sort of quote unquote discovered that way like hey maybe you need to start making your own records yeah. you know recording your own material and so she's recorded material with the group that would eventually become the dap kings mm-hmm. and um you know since you know the beginning of the century has you know they've put out several records so mm-hmm. That's so. It's so funny to think about somebody, because when I looked up her age, I thought, oh, she mm-hmm. must have been in one of the girl, you know, the kind of the girl groups back then, and sort of had mm-hmm. her career had been fallow till up. Oh, she hooked up with the Dap Kings, and they were able to make something really cool. Right. But to hear like, nope, nope, she was really, she was pretty much nobody until mm-hmm. yeah, like ten ten years <laughs> ago, and now has a big career, and I guess. One of their albums was Grammy was nominated for a Grammy. Yeah, I think the the follow up to I Learned the Hard Way. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I remember the name of it, but um, but yeah, that was nominated for a Grammy. So. Yeah, she's just like a fascinating character too. I was reading yeah. that that she she had a bout with cancer or she uh-huh. had a struggle with cancer. Yeah, and when she was performing, she she'd been through chemo. She lost all her hair. She wasn't wearing a wig. She just went out and was right. bald. And that's that's yep. how I'm performing. <laughs> uh, which I guess I I, I I read a lot of comparisons. I listen. Mm-hmm. I kind of take some notes and then I read some reviews afterwards to. See see yeah. if there are any better ways to phrase what I'm thinking <laughs> so I can, I can rip them off a bit my thought but better words and certainly a lot of people compared her to James Brown which yep. I I mean I wouldn't have made that comparison from mm-hmm. this song specifically because this song is more of the cheating boyfriend cheating you know husband cheating guy right. genre which I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. relate to James Brown I don't think he's saying as much about that. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think he did either. Um, I mean, this song particularly too. It's it's a it's less of a funk song and more of just I guess a soul song, mm-hmm. and with kind of like a hint of um, like a James Bond theme in a way. Yeah. It kind of kind of <laughs> has like a little bit of James Bond theme going on. Um, I was actually on my ride over here. I, um, I listened to the song, but then of course you know my my phone played a few other mm-hmm. other songs afterward, and you know. If you listen through her album, some of her other songs definitely have more of the funk, um, you know, more reminiscent of James Brown. Okay. Uh, this one, not as much. It's a little, you know, maybe a little more difficult to dance to, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, um, but yeah, I mean, you can definitely, I mean, it definitely has that old, like, soul sound to yeah. it. And I like, I mean, I really like the, the, the content and lyrics. I mean, I think we've all heard the, oh, my man done me wrong tunes before. Yeah. But whether it's uh, her voice some of the imagery from the lyrics mm-hmm. it or, or maybe it was just sort of the oddity of hearing a song like that mm-hmm. today yeah. that just 
that really got my mind wandering in, in, in a good way. Not no, I'm going to pay attention <laughs> to something else while I listen. But really, just got me just just you could you could feel it. You could you could imagine exactly what was happening yeah. with the song. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it and the song kind of evolves. It kind of starts like maybe things are going pretty well, but then mm-hmm. you know stuff starts to kind of go down. There's one line and kind of to, you know jumping I think to the second verse of the song. Um, there's one line in there that kind of also, you know, alludes to the fact that they are trying to sound like an old, you know, 60s, 70s group mm-hmm. where, um, you know, she tries to call on the phone. She hears a oh, gasp yeah. and a click, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and, you know, this day and age, when when do phones go click anymore, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> And, and and wouldn't there be caller ID, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Who is this random number on my yeah. my personal cell phone? Who would be calling me? Yeah. How do I make my phone go click? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you, you get something lyrically, I guess you get a little, you know, hint of that, you know, that old, that old school sort of, mm. you know, feel, I guess. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Again, I think having your having it be so cheap to get different lines, it's really great if you're having an affair. You don't have to worry about, <laughs> oh, no, is it, is, is, it, is, it my, is it the cheating spouse or the wife that number I put in my phone? Oh, <laughs> I should have written their name on here. It would yeah, have been good geez. in my contact. <laughs> the, the, the other thing I liked about kind of her voice, mm-hmm. her, how she carried herself, as well as the lyrics, was when she's singing about uh, you know, her man and how she mm-hmm. would have walked through fire to be with him yeah it doesn't sound doesn't sound pathetic and i think a lot of songs where you have a woman who's upset about someone cheating mm-hmm. it's really hard and this might just be male perspective but it's really hard to have it not sound like well duh your guy sounds like a jerk what's your problem lady uh and and it never does it really right. feels it doesn't feel pitiable it's mm-hmm. sort of it's it's sad but you, you don't get the sense that it's the end of her life it's just i'm describing a bad situation that's that right. has happened to me and how it's making me feel right now yeah it seems like the timeline of of this song is like right at that point where perhaps the relationship was getting serious would kind of kind of turn that corner and you know you really are sort of living your life i mean obviously for yourself but you have someone else very close to you and so um you know and it you know just as you're like settling down and you know maybe this is going to be the rest of my life this person and things are going great suddenly you know all hell breaks loose yeah. and and you know you, you you find your guy cheating and you know and and i think that's kind of you know again where that line like you know i'd walk through fire for you like you know well yeah because you were at that point where you thought you could you know but um but yeah obviously mm-hmm. was very much uh, <laughs> no yeah yeah um i did appreciate in terms of the music there mm-hmm. was a lot of flautistry I would say some flute playing in the song, yes. Which again, I wouldn't associate with with Motown, but a- mm-hmm. added added something kind of. I don't want to say jaunty because this isn't really a jaunty tune, mm-hmm. but there was something jazz. I guess jazz flute's a thing, but I never, yeah. I never really. Th- the only thing, the only time I think I, I mm-hmm. remember jazz flute is. Did you ever see Anchorman with with oh, Will Ferrell? He I mean, at some point yeah. he jumps up and he does a great you know jazz flute solo, <laughs> and I think he only did it because of the ridiculousness of who would want that in right. your in your song. But it really worked in this. And not, I mean, it wasn't a solo, but just having the yeah. different having the different you know flute parts come in. I think added a a side of kind of jazziness that yeah. I, I don't hear too much. Well, even like. Um, Curtis Mayfield, for example, I mean, right off the top of my head, uh, early 70s, he had a song, Move On Up, mm-hmm. um, which was, you know, which had that sort of flute, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of airy flute in it also. And, um, you know, so, and uh, Superfly, another one of his yep. songs. So, like, you know, I, I, I kind of maybe think of him in that era, you know, perhaps they're sort of 
um, you know, adopting that into their sound as well. Mm-hmm. I, I there's not a lot of bass in this song, as if I, I listening to it, I don't because I, I usually think yeah. again of that that mm-hmm. genre is having just like the the bass line. I mean, Superfly being a great example yeah. of man, everyone knows that. Do do yeah. everyone knows that bass line? It's been sampled so many times. Yeah. Uh, so. I mean, does this feel in line with what you'd expect from these these types of songs in terms of musically, in terms of like Motown, soul? Is there something yeah. that you find different about this more modern I version think, of it? I mean, I think like what this song and what what the what the artist sort of um, you know, it's almost like they're kind of going for that like post Motown but pre disco <laughs> era, you know. Let, say like 67 to 73 mm-hmm. right? that like era of time where it was a little bit past that Motown sound but before it was before it was you know Studio 54 and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know cocaine uh, <laughs> so um, you know so th- that again that era of that you know perhaps the Curtis Mayfield or Sly and the Family Stone mm-hmm. you know they were very big like in the late 60s like sort of that that era of sort of funk music, you mm-hmm. know, when it was funk music before it kind of evolved to disco. I sure. Guess. Now, is there a reason that this is the song from the album that that struck you the most, rather than mm-hmm. say a funk song or, but um, you know, another another song, mm-hmm. maybe a less less soulful song or less sad song? I, I think it, this song was the introduction to. Okay, it's just yeah, so personal. Where it was. Of, this is yeah. This is the this is the first, and she's had like I mean, there's a number of songs that you know I think are great. She actually has a pretty, um, um, pretty good Christmas song called "Ain't No Chimneys in the Projects." Oh, yeah, that's that's good. good. It's a, it's good, and yeah, they've done a Christmas album. They also um, yeah, Christmas album, and I think they also have a compilation album too of maybe some covers or something. So. Oh, neat. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, this is I this song particularly is just you know this is my introduction to. Sharon Jones and so that, that was kind of the first one that I thought you know plus I thought you know for you know and, and I've been a listener to this podcast for a while now and you know and we thank you very much uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, and you know I, I felt you know hey maybe you know this is the type of song that you know needs to be represented very and, true you know so we, we count on the support of our guests to come up with genres that are not 90s alternative because that's all I got it's <laughs> all I have you know, I almost called you at the last minute because uh, like, cause I, I, think, I think I actually heard a, a song of the 90s mm-hmm. alternative genre, Matthew Sweet. Um, oh, okay, yeah. Girlfriend. I heard yes! it yesterday. <gasps> and, and I'm like, oh, I gotta, you know, I should text Rob and tell him, yeah, I want to change my song now. But like, no, 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 no. We, 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 can, do, we can do Girlfriend <laughs> later. I, I'm happy to. I, I know Girlfriend. That's a good, that is a good song. So the preview. It's a secret preview, preview. for everyone. If you're listening, someday we'll do that one. <laughs> I know we kind of did, kind of did, uh, went through lyrics, but mm-hmm. the, the, I mean, there's, there's not, there aren't a ton of extra lyrics, but there's definitely that phrase, so, sorry, so I'm more like a stanza, yep. where she's describing the realization. I think it starts with when I, when I opened my eyes and all mm-hmm. the, all the details she noticed. Right. Uh, are there any other lyrics in there or, or that, that phrase that, that really strikes you as sort of capturing the feel of the song? Because that was the one for me, at least, mm-hmm. the open my eyes and then the details of, wait a minute. I know yeah. you mentioned the gasp on the phone. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, the walk through the fire. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, you know, but yeah, you nailed, you nailed it right there with that line, too. I think that really just kind of captures the essence of the entire song. And it's not, I mean, it's it's certainly not a song that, you know, is going to make you think too hard. You know, yeah. <laughs> or, you know, wonder about, you know, these grand, you know, life things, I guess. But, um, yeah, I mean, definitely, 
you know, it's a, it's a very straight ahead song. Um, I think, you know, hopefully not every person in the world, but I mean, I'm sure some of us can relate to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, which yeah, I guess that would be. Yeah. I would wonder if not having heard, you know, if, if you met someone who really had mm-hmm. not heard very much of that old kind of Motown sound, yep. whether this song would, how it would rate. Because mm-hmm. I know, kind of looking at some of the reviews, one of the things I was wondering is, is this, I don't know enough about that genre, right. is Sharon Jones and mm-hmm. the Daphne's, are they considered derivative? Are they considered revival? And it seemed to be more revival than, der- I didn't see anyone refer to them as derivative. Anyone right. who was talking about, they captured that mm-hmm. sound, yep. it was very much, they're a part of that music. They're they're rediscovering something that mm-hmm. really hasn't been been represented. Is that the way you kind of take their music when you're listening? Do you think it goes beyond what what came before i think i mean i think it's definitely revival mm-hmm. um more than derivative i think um and you know they, i mean they were one of you know a group of artists that were you know sort of reviving this this genre of music at the time and you know started probably you know in brooklyn in the 90s you know people who still didn't want to give up their vinyl and their record <laughs> players and you know and and i guess for them i guess they did eventually get their way but um, but I think it also this kind of the the, the soul revival um, seemed to kind of coincide with sort of the garage rock lo-fi mm-hmm. you know you know bands like the White Stripes which I talked about before yeah, on this yeah. podcast but um, you know kind of coincided with that revival as well and mm-hmm. so um, you know so I, th- I I almost kind of see the two revivals going hand in hand like. You know, people who you know probably around our age are you know looking for that sound from in our mid twenties or you know whatever we are, right? Right, yeah. right. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I would say definitely revival. Okay, yeah, that's it's it's a genre of song that I don't think I I knew probably needed a revival until mm-hmm. I heard this song. So I really appreciate you you sharing it because wow, I I was driving I was just driving through the center of town. I was taking mm-hmm. the kids to do some back school shopping mm-hmm. and so i was always like i'm gonna listen to the song a couple more times before before we record and just how much i i said i couldn't i wasn't paying attention to the road because mm-hmm. i was just imagining you know the darkened streets of the detroit city and <laughs> and you know this this man you know who's who's i'm leaving and going out and and this woman sort of finding the finding the perfume smell and the i don't think she says lipstick on the collar but, it, but kind of yeah, that same that, that same yeah. idea in the hotel key <laughs> and i didn't even realize the phone click wasn't it not an anachronism what is it if you're singing about something that doesn't make sense anymore an anachronism would be something mm-hmm. in the future something that comes in the future set in the in the past but right. i don't know what they call it when it was something from the past set in the modern day i don't yeah, know what you call that but, I, I wouldn't know either but, but that but i know but, what you mean yeah but that it didn't even <laughs> register with me that wait a minute who is who is i gotta call on the rotary phone i mean who's, yeah. who's got that anymore because i was just wrapped up yeah. wrapped up in in the the feel of the song and the time mm-hmm. of the song and really just just enjoy enjoyed enjoyed that ride and like you said there's not there's not a lot to the song in terms of there's not a ton of musical complexity, but it is right. capturing a mood and a sound mm-hmm. that just feels old without being old, you know, right. <laughs> <laughs> that connotation of old when you talk about music. Yeah, I mean, and, and I guess maybe if, you know, kind of to, I don't know, to change direction, but um, at least at that show, you know, the, the, the people that were there I mean, keep in mind, I'm in New York and. Mm-hmm. We're at the Best Buy Theater, which is very close to Times Square. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so 
you know, getting to and, you know, from the concert that night. Not that we were in the thick of it, but mm-hmm. you could definitely kind of see in the distance, you know, all the all the mayhem going on, yeah. you know, down the, you know, a couple blocks away. But, um, but I mean, in there, I mean, yeah, you kind of, I guess you had that sort of hipster mm-hmm. element, but you also had a lot of, you know, young professionals, you know, people, again, probably in their, you know, 20s, early 30s. Um, you know, it's New Year's Eve, but they're still wearing, you know, shirts and ties and yeah. dresses and, you know, just there to have a good time, you know. And so, um, which I think just kind of captures what, you know, New York is about anyway. Yeah. So, um, you know, so maybe that kind of is, you know, an indicator of, you know, the, the type of audience that, you know, that genre has at mm-hmm. the moment. So. It's neat. I mean, it's, it's, it's really great, I think, when music gets rediscovered. Yeah. Uh, and. So, because I know certainly as we're getting older, you know, I mean, we're still very young, so not not that much older, but I'm I'm just imagining. I feel bad for old people who are getting older. Seriously. Unlike us with our eternal youth in our podcasts and whatnot. (laughs) We, we tend to think about music as something that's passing by. Not we, but other people tend to think of music as something that's, oh, that's not the music I heard. That is nothing like anything I've listened to. Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't relate as well to it. And it's sort of, like a warm blanket the idea that oh but eventually it'll all come back around again and it'll be similar songs but taking it in a new direction right. or taking it that next step uh, that it, it is it is very comforting to think about that right so, i mean there, there's the emerging hair band revival no i'm kidding <laughs> I, I hope not <laughs> they're still playing the con the, the festival circuit you know they, the they really state fairs state they never fairs, went away yeah <laughs> uh well so so Jack, this is your song. You explained mm-hmm. why it's it's both musically and personally sort of got you on, on kind of the right. journey and joining this band. Why should it be our song? Um, I think it, you know, again, I think it just captures, um, you know, it, it, it's a revivalist um, act. And I think for, for many people, maybe kind of brings them back to maybe when they were young and, you know, maybe growing up and hearing you know, songs that maybe sounded similar to this in their house, you know, as they're, they were getting older. And now, you know, you have artists sort of in their generation sort of creating that sound as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, lyrically, it's a song that, again, hopefully not all of us can relate to relate to. But, you know, I think some of us at least have some sort of, you know, um, you know, some sort of relationship to at least the concept itself, whether it's ourselves personally or we know someone yeah. or whatever. So. Um, so I, I feel like that's why it's our song. Okay. Oh, and you said the line, so I don't even oh. need to say it now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> now, kind of, I know, I know we, we did the our song, but I had, I did have one more, one more kind of when I was thinking about this yep. is, do you think the fact that the, 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 this, the soul funk R&B music is in a revival and it, and it sounds mm-hmm. like there are other bands who are, who are sort of yep. going along, mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe not the same quality as, as Sharon Jones and the Daft Kings, but. Mm-hmm. similar idea do you think that form of music will have a different impact in the modern era than say it did in the 60s and 70s when mm-hmm. it you know you don't watch a documentary about the 60s and 70s you talk right. about motown but it's you know quote unquote it's black music and there are plenty mm-hmm. of people who are not african-american who who love this style of music right but again that was that was where america you know mm-hmm. it was in terms of race relations and race music and it is you know segregation was still an issue yeah i mean do you think that the the way will think of this this revival will be very different than that time? Do you think it, it still has any sort of, um, you know, it's going to have ties? Mm-hmm. It's just, it's going to strike a chord with this group rather mm-hmm. than that group? Yeah. I mean, I think, I, I mean, I hope it does. I hope it's a, you know, I, I, 
I, I would say that it is a revival that has, you know, is very positive mm-hmm. and certainly has brought people who maybe not would otherwise would be interested in this kind of music has kind of brought people around and, you know, has gotten people going back into record shops and, you know, I really like Sharon Jones of the Dap Kings, you know, maybe I want to try some James Brown or mm-hmm. some Curtis Mayfield or Isaac Hayes or, mm-hmm. um, you know, to, to sort of rediscover those artists and, you know, go back into their catalogs. Um, I mean, certainly it's not, you know, it's certainly not a musical, a musical, um, you know, um, what's the word? What's the word? Genre? Genre? Genre. Or? Um, I guess they, you know, it's it's not the same as what pop music is now. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you, you put on your local pop station, you know, what's going on over there. Yeah, that certainly is going to be like the sound of the 2010s, mm-hmm. you know, like. Mm-hmm. You know, your Justin Timberlakes or your, you know, whoever. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, to, I guess, a certain group of people to, you know, in sort of to a, to a lesser extent, it really does, you know, it is a positive revival. And, and I think the people that are really into it, you know, it's really helped to sort of bring the genre back and give it, give it more, um, I guess, um, staying power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's cool. It's a cool. It's a cool. It's a cool <laughs> sound. I mean, but myself, you know, I yeah. think of any. I think of Curtis Mayfield. I'm mm-hmm. immediately thinking of Superfly. I think of mm-hmm. Isaac Hayes. I'm actually mostly thinking of South, South Park. Park. Yeah. <laughs> Shaft. <laughs> yeah, Shaft. That too. But you know, mostly South Park. Uh, but but it is a genre where I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of what I know, not being a, not being a huge fan in the mm-hmm. sense of just not having gone out to, to searching for more of it. Yeah. Really, I only know of in terms of movies or mm-hmm. documentaries yeah. set you know or, or telling telling stories about that time period yeah. and you know kind of the idea of having something that i think we know as oh that's the soundtrack of every movie that's <laughs> supposed to be taking part in the 60s or 70s or yeah. uh having these other other kind of movie type relations it's uh-huh. cool to think of as music and to think that that uh someone like sharon jones could have that impact of hey you know what this was actual music it's not just soundtrack mm-hmm. material it's, it's real cool beautiful so excellent um could i could i plug something you can plug whatever you like right. sure so well actually what are you plug? Well, i'll edit it if it's something really okay. bad that you're it's plugging. not blue apron so. <laughs> <laughs> um, they haven't returned my calls i want my i want blue apron money um i would like to plug um so uh my wife karima and i we you know we like to binge watch tv shows sometimes and we just finished watching a couple of seasons of the great Brit- british baking show the Great um, British Baking Show. The Great British Baking Show. Um, it is so. Now I've, for the better part of the last decade or so, would watch my fair share of Food Network, mm-hmm. and it was good. But I think, in you know, I think anyone who is sort of a Food Network fan um, or of like the food television, you know, genre, anyway. Yeah, the last few years, things have kind of gone off the rails, so to speak. Um, you know, the competitions just become crazy, mm-hmm. and they're, you know the contestants are out to get each other, mm-hmm. and it's more about the, you know, the interpersonal conflicts than it is about the food. So, mm-hmm. now the Great British Baking Show, which in England, uh, in the, in Great Britain, is called the Great British Bake Off. So okay. yeah, they changed the name a little bit, um, but uh, it is a competition show, like. You know, but it's um, but it's not about sort of the interpersonal. You know, they're not backstabbing each other. They're not trying to throw each other under the bus or anything like that. Um, but it's really just about you know the the real drama is the actual baking and the actual you know getting through the challenges. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's a great show. 
Um, there's no commercials. Oh, so that's where would you where would you watch? It? Oh, it's on PBS. I'm sorry. Oh, PBS. Okay, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so yes, uh, I mean most you know British imports are going to be on PBS yeah. like six months later, but mm-hmm. um, but yes, it's on PBS. Um, it yeah, and there's a season of it right now on Netflix. I oh, believe. okay. Um, but they just wrapped up another season on PBS, which I'm, you can probably watch that season's episodes yeah. online. Um, so I recommend it if you're, you know, want a food competition show that's much more positive mm-hmm. and much more about the food itself. And it's particularly if you are into baked goods and cakes and breads okay. and all that sort of stuff. All right. Well, thank you for the plug, Jack. That's, that's it's fun. Yeah, people, we don't talk about TV as much, I think. Uh, I, I think it's ebbs and flows these days. It's not like when we would watch TV. It really, I mean, and it's, you know, when when we watch TV, again, we're not that old. No, but we're very um, young. <laughs> but, I mean, even, you know, I mean, our parents would say, like, oh, we only had three channels mm-hmm. and you had the rabbit ears. Well, I mean, maybe in our day we had, you know, 50 cable channels, mm-hmm. but you still, I feel like a lot of people watched the same shows. Now, I, I don't know hundreds thousands of channels online platforms you know like it's crazy and so yeah. it's you know it's really hard to get an entire country i guess mm-hmm. to get behind yeah one show i think it's harder too to find something that you want to watch for mm-hmm. that length of time because you can watch hundreds and hundreds of shows at the drop of a hat it's mm-hmm. not like well this is what's on so it's this or nothing mm-hmm. what do you want to watch it's it's available probably and if you don't like it, you, you're gone. It doesn't right. take much. Like, eh, I'm, I'm kind of bored. And then you're, yeah. you're done with it and you drop it and mm-hmm. you just leave it on your queue for the rest of time. So to have something that yeah. is worth coming back to mm-hmm. over and over and watching through the seasons is always fun to, to hear yeah. about a new recommendation. Yeah, and, and, and music's the same way. I mean, now, it, I mean, you could just go on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I really want to hear this song. You can do that and then have it be done. You know, I, I mean, I guess I'm and probably you too. I mean, I, um, you know, I, I enjoyed growing up, and you know I liked a couple songs from a certain band. I got to go buy the CD now, mm-hmm. spend the fifteen bucks or whatever, um, you know. But at least, you know, hey, I, I have you know an hour's worth of music to listen to, and I'm going to discover something that maybe I haven't before. Mm-hmm. You know, now it's you know I, I I teach eighth grade. You know, I ask them like, when was the last time you bought an entire album? Mm-hmm. First of all, they don't even know what an album is. <laughs> <laughs> But they're like, yeah, I mean, it's just certain tracks like Dollar Twenty Nine, buy this one, buy that yeah. one, or they just go on YouTube and watch it. So. Mm-hmm. It's it's strange. I mean, I think the discovery is as much easier because mm-hmm. you don't need to have friends who know about music. You just yeah. go on Spotify or Pandora and just keep clicking until you find things that sound good mm-hmm. to you. But I think the level of discovery is much shallower than it yeah. used to be. I remember when I would have a friend talk about an album, I'd have to go get that album mm-hmm. because. You, you, maybe you get a single version of some of the songs, but you probably had to just buy the whole album. Right. So you listen to the whole album, you decide if this was an artist you liked, and there was much more understanding, I think, to the musicians as artists. You mm-hmm. know, what what is their grand scope? What are they thinking about? Yeah. Whereas now, oh, that song sounds cool, so I'm going to find a million songs that sound great, mm-hmm. but those are the only songs I'm going to buy. I'm probably not going to search out their whole album unless it's our. Oh, well, it's a five dollar sale. I guess I'll buy the whole album. But right. then I just put it in my shuffle of 2,000 songs. I never hear a single other song from that album because just the, the probability <laughs> is decreasing <laughs> that it'll show up, you know, in my random number generator on yeah. my phone. Uh, well. the, pro- the problems of old people. I don't know. <laughs> Seriously. Well, Jack, thanks so much for coming uh, coming into the studio and doing uh, doing another show. We've got we've got girlfriend coming up at some point. We'll have to put it yeah, we'll, in the production we'll, log. We'll, we'll, we'll do that. Yeah. I, I 
that was just, I think Diana might have mentioned she liked that song a little. And I was like, we should do that, and then it's it just kind of keeps yeah. falling out I, of my mind. I mean, I know he has a bunch. I think I think he records children's music now. Whoa, really? Or, or has a couple of children's albums. Okay. I want to say, but I mean, and he's one of those guys, um, you know, who has put out tons and mu- tons and tons of music, but he's probably only known for two songs. Yeah. So that one and sick of myself. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, girlfriend is one of my favorites, and yeah, I heard it yesterday. I'm like, oh, this is great, maybe, but. No, you know what? This, you're right. This was not a genre we ever really talk about, so it needed to <laughs> it needed to get some representation. It needed to get some. Uh, well, again, Jack, thanks so much for coming in and, and and sharing the song with us. And thank you for having me. Of course, anytime. Like I said, any we got we got another one coming up someday in the in the future. Uh, for everyone listening, thank you so much for doing so. Uh, you can find us online at playingoursong.net, where we post videos to the songs we talk about and some lyrics and some other information. You can find us on social media, uh, Twitter at playing, uh, Twitter and Facebook's playing underscore our song. Uh, and you can email me at robert playing our song.net. We'll be back next week with another cool song. I hope it's a cool song. It probably will. Uh, but until then, remember, it's your song, so play it long and play it long. Bye. Bye. Now I know about you. Now I know about you. Oh.